I'm Chad Rutherman. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And welcome to No Clip Pocket. I've fallen and I can't get up. Today, we're going to be talking about The Fall, a game that was developed and published by Over the Moon Games and was released in 2014 on Microsoft Windows, OS X, Linux, Wii U, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and the Xbox One. But first, if you can give us a like or a rating, it would be greatly appreciated. All right, so The Fall is, uh, largely speaking, is a, is a, a 2D adventure game. Uh, and the thing to me that came first to mind, and I think I said it on the at the end of the last pocket episode, was the Cat Lady. Hmm. Uh, but having now played it, the thing that it most makes me think about that we've talked about before is actually Gemini Rue. Hmm. Uh, and it's because this is a it is a two D side scrolling adventure game with gun combat in it. <laughs> yeah, good uh, point. Uh, I also yeah. thought of Gemini Rue, but like for some reason it wasn't with the combat, <laughs> even though they it is similar. Yeah, it does have a very similar sort of like feel to it in terms of like mechanically, you're walking around stuff, um, and I have several thoughts about this game, and I'm unsure exactly where the best place to start is going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the combat came up right away. You just want to talk about that? <laughs> yeah, we can, I think uh, we should lead into it. I'll say we'll just like talk about the premise a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you play as uh, Arid, A-R-I-D, uh, which is like a an AI aboard a mark seven uh, yeah mark seven i should know this because you <laughs> hear it so many times uh like you're basically somebody's like space armor uh and you're escorting around uh an unconscious human person uh as you yeah. go through the game in an attempt to find medical treatment for them yeah the game opens with the titular fall uh uh-huh. like you 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 fall to the planet and your uh your pilot uh is un- knocked unconscious and then like, the suit has to pilot his like body around uh which is a really cool concept i think just to start out with agreed i think uh as far as like the actual concept of the game goes like i feel like I love the the setup because it gives you all the reasons that you would need to be playing as an ai um it sets up sort of like your goals and it, it motivations. Uh, and I just think that the idea of playing as an AI uh, where you are sort of doing literal actions, but the AI takes the lead in terms of all story related things, I think is all set up really well in order to tell like a, an actually affecting story about robots, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it even it even kind of parallels a little. Um, uh, I know, like, with my personal experience of playing Metroid, uh, where like Samus's armor makes her look like a robot. So it's, at times <sighs> I forget that I'm not just playing a robot, and when you get killed, you realize, oh, there's a person inside. Uh, that's the case here too, but only that's more like explicitly what it's about. <laughs> right. And yeah, there there uh, is actually an AI. It just doesn't look like a robot. <laughs> And much like in Metroid, you have a list of cool abilities, and then when you fall, it damages your suit and makes it so that you can't use any of your cool abilities. Right. Uh, 
Though I would not call this game a Metroidvania. <laughs> no, no, it's much more of like, yeah, like a point and click adventure. Like that's where its roots come from. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, this game is like, I mean, it's not new. The game's 10 years old starting in Next a month. Next year, yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that is like, it, it, it isn't so much like a classic game. It, it's weird because it is like an older game that is taking inspiration, direct inspiration from even older games. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then the things that it does, I think like that. Uh, most likely were sort of the elevator pitch those developed and published by the same company which means they didn't actually have to pitch this to anybody really <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> it was like what if we had this uh, like adventure game point and click adventure game with inventory and and item in- interaction but also you move around pretty fluidly and there's a jump button and uh there's gun combat in the game yeah, yeah, kind of like a mix between like a point and click and a uh, cinematic platformer, which admittedly is also what drew me toward the Cat Lady. I think that the two D plane adventure game style is actually one of my favorite developments in the genre uh, because it makes a lot of the more completely garbage and unfun elements of adventure <laughs> games. Uh, mechanically speaking, it smooths them all out. Uh, with the other, the the potential problems being like you don't have as much like space to create like an artistic uh, background or like you can't really do the same things visually on a two D game than you can with one that's like that you have more control over the camera, like in a classic point and click. Like, yeah, yeah. This game looks pretty good, but it does not realize a world in the way that, like, Grim Fandango does. No. It's got much more of, like, a, like, silhouette uh, kind of moody vibe going on. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think I think that pretty much... That gets to the basics of the game. If you haven't played the game yet... Uh, we haven't spoiled anything, uh, so if you want to go play it, now we're going to talk about uh, the the rest of the game. <laughs> uh, we, we mentioned at the very beginning the gun combat, and I think it is something that we should bring up uh, early on, because just mostly to get it out of the way. <laughs> uh, yeah. I have said, and I don't know if you agree, so a conversation will happen here. We're not just going to rubber stamp it. Uh but I've said in the past that I think if you think that you should put a combat system in your adventure game, you should reconsider. <laughs> uh, and this game has not done anything to change my mind. I found the combat system to be uh, bad and <laughs> not fun, uh, largely. Yeah, I don't really feel like it's adding anything. Um, yeah, I felt like in Gemini Rue, for some reason, it felt like... Not more appropriate, but I don't know. Something about it worked better in that for me. Um, in this, it just it feels like there's in there so little. It feels like a little annoyance or like a little speed bump, and not really like a full part of the game. Yeah, until you get to like the boss fight at the end, right? Yeah, which I will say like is pre- is the best time that the or the best moment of the game before combat. Like I think that. 
it far surpasses shooting random <laughs> robots or slugs uh, and is much more fun. Uh, I don't know if it's worth the whole system to get it. Like yeah. the fact that they had to make a cover system and shit that just gets overridden completely with the camouflage. Like it was a weird experience going through this and seeing them continually upgrade your like combat capabilities when most of the game, the only things that you're fighting are stationary robots. Yeah. Like I understand the design impulse. Cause like you're already like the way the, uh, like looking around and examining stuff system is built. Uh, you can, it, it works for aiming a gun as well, you know? Um, yeah. So like, I, I get why it's in there, but like, I don't, yeah, like just a straight up, like basic cover shooting system isn't really doing anything. Like, I think maybe like if you had to use it in more puzzly ways, like maybe you had to like shoot a thing to have it fall on a robot or I don't know, like something a little bit more different, I think would have worked better. Um, but that would take more like time. <laughs> Uh, to develop yeah so like like it, it probably just wasn't in the cards for the the indie team that made this right yeah it, it's one of those things where like the gun is used to solve puzzles like by shooting things with bullets which is good but and i can also see like what you're saying like the through line between we have these systems and like maybe it started all is one mass like they were like we'll have a gun and you can shoot enemies and it will solve puzzles and it's the way that you examine the environment but it feels like uh to me it's like they had all of these things that do work and then actually fighting enemies was just kind of like we have to fit it in somehow <laughs> and and so there's just some stuff around they're infinitely respawning robot generators in a couple places <laughs> that just feel very like shoehorned that they don't make a lot of sense to me yeah uh i wasn't a big fan of the combat i but i agree with you i do see sort of how like it came to be yeah uh, but you do, uh, you mentioned something, another kind of interesting thing about the game's, uh, interaction, like compared to other adventure games and 2d adventure games, even like, uh, the cat lady and stuff still has like a point and click interface to it. Um, is the fact that you have to like examine things using your flashlight to look up and down in order to actually, sort of register them. You can't just like walk left to right and mash the interact button. You right. have to actually look at things, um, which I mean, it seems good. I, I didn't, I wouldn't call this out as being like the greatest mechanic ever in a video game, but <laughs> I, I do like the fact that it forces the player to be observant as opposed to f trying to find a way to make it, seem like the player has to look for stuff but they could cheese like i don't know yeah no, i agree it uh yeah it makes you be more active and it like brings it closer uh like to like a middle ground between something like the cat lady where like you walk in front of a thing and it gives you like a prompt that you can interact with it like automatically i think that's mm -hmm. how the cat lady works um but uh yeah you actually have to like you still have to like l pay attention and actually like make the choice to inspect a specific thing but it's just like in a much more limited easier to uh 
interact with the system than, you know, being able to click freely anywhere. Right. It feels more, it, it has the benefit of the 2D in that you aren't doing pixel hunting. Yeah. But it also has uh, the slight complication of having to actually identify things that you have to look at and examine. It does have a bit of the detective vision problem where it's like, if you're moving, you have the flashlight out and are just scanning up and down repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so it's so not actually a problem. Yeah, uh, that it, that it doesn't really bother me. But like, it is a it it is a thing that it's a system that forces the player to actually look at the environment to find things. Uh, and doesn't have to hide them in a really obtuse way in order to force the player to be the one that sees it. Like it, it's innate. It's built into the system. Uh, yeah, and so I do like it for that. Uh, so I guess, do you want to talk about like some of the puzzles? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I wanted to know if there were any puzzles in here that felt very moon logicy to you. Whether were there any cat hair mustache moments for you? For me, it was less that that they were moon logic in in their actual like. Uh, if you explained it to somebody, they wouldn't know what you were saying. Like. <laughs> what do you mean I have to do these things? Like that doesn't make any sense in the context. My problem is that a lot of them had steps that I felt like there was no way for you to intuit. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was my biggest problem. Uh, The one that comes to mind, I think immediately is the, uh, you have to, you have to put a flower in a vase Mm. And make a room beautiful. And the instructions that you're given are make the room beautiful. But the actual thing that you have to do is like go into an attic and find a computer and hack into the computer and change (laughs) what season it is so that the flowers that you already have match the season. Uh, And I, I remember like getting to that point. Because, like, I just gave up on it, right? Like, mm-hmm. you come across the computer later if you're doing something else, which you could argue is good design. Uh, yeah. But it, it like, the, and I like that part of it. The part that I don't like is that I was at a point where I was just like, I, I don't have the information to solve this, but the game feels like it is telling me I do. Like I was trying mm. to dye the flowers using the conductive fluid or the, the green slug blood. Cause you had these vibrant colored inventory items. I mm-hmm. was like, maybe if I do that, but then you can't pick the flowers back up. It just like felt kind of frustrating to me. Like that, that type of, of task. Yeah. Yeah. Those puzzles didn't really give me much trouble. Um, but like the one that, that, that I would call moon logic is the one where you have to like, uh, start the trial with the crying baby, then go to the other room and (laughs) restart the one you already did with the, uh, with the clean room, take the Mm -hmm. thing off of the camera so that it senses dust and then sucks the baby up into the fucking tube uh, yeah, and the failure which also tube. yeah requires you to like shoot a mushroom of the floor above so acid leaks down and like makes the tube exposed in the first place. Uh, yeah, that is I think a good example of both yeah. uh, forms of puzzle design yeah. where it is it is too complicated and also why would you think to suck up the baby? Yeah, 
I, I think I just kind of lucked out on the flowers, though. <laughs> uh, it, I think I just kind of forgot about that one. Like, I think I came into the house and then, like, kind of overlooked that first terminal. Like, I thought it was just, like, a place where you talk to the system administrator. And then the one right. for the trials were, like, the other ones in the house. So, like, I just came back to that one and did it last, even though it's the first one you go to. Yeah, I think overall, like if you're just looking at it at the game holistically, the difficulty of the puzzles is very like, I want to say reasonable, Mm -hmm. like compare. We've done a bunch of adventure games at this point, and like there are some adventure games that have puzzles that are just outlandishly hard. And there are other adventure games that push it too much in the other direction where you don't everything is just sort of lock and key and it's too easy to get through. We haven't played a lot of those. There, there aren't that many of those. Let's be very <laughs> real. It's a difficult genre for the most part. Uh, but these ones feel like they fall into a nice place, and but do have like some pretty ridiculous uh, chains of things <laughs> you have to do. Yeah, yeah. The other one that got me uh, was hammering the coin into wire. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought that one was kind of a leap in logic as well, even though it technically makes sense, I guess. Right. Now, I agree with you on that. The problem with it, like, the problem with it is that you have to first put the idea together that you have to hammer the gold coin into something. Yeah. But there is, like, a, like, when you inspect the bench, it says specifically, like, it has tools that I could hammer something into a wire, which is such a contrived-ass line of dialogue that means, like, it just all it is is a big signpost that says like make a wire here. Yeah, I, but you don't know why. Yeah, I guess like wires are made of metal, but like I, I feel like saying like hammer a coin into a wire just doesn't sound like a thing you could do. Like I yeah, I, and I just, don't believe that you could. Yeah, like like <laughs> well maybe like a robot could smash a coin into like a fucking wire. I don't know, but like mm-hmm. the idea of like using the coin to complete a circuit. I think works as a puzzle, but like the phrasing it that way, I think is the stumbling block. (laughs) Yeah. And to do it, like it just having the extra step because like, I I think the game acknowledges it's like gold is an excellent conductor. Yeah. Which is true. Gold is used in conductive wires all the time. So you could just take the coin that you found and put it in the fuse box. Yeah. And that could be the solution to the puzzle, <laughs> but they just make you walk up to another floor, find a tool bench, and hammer it into a wire first. There's no difference, and there's also no way for you to logically put those things together, because no one would ever think to do that. Uh, so, yeah, I think I agree with you on this one. It's a bit moon logic-y, <laughs> but especially just in that middle step. Yeah, yeah. But, like, other than those two speed bumps, like... I feel like this had one of, like, the smoothest, like, puzzle difficulty curves that, like, I've ever personally experienced. Like, I felt like, like, I, the, my two favorite moments on the inverse side, um, mm-hmm. were, um, fought, like, you had to, you get to the spot where you're doing, like, the civics, uh, tests, uh, right. and you go up to the second floor and you get to a part where you just, like, fall down through the ceiling and then with these spools of wire and like, mm. and that was like the like coolest epiphany moment for me. Cause I had already examined, <laughs> you know, like the merry-go-round or whatever those are called. 
and the truck and I was like how do I connect these and then like I, I fell down through the floor and landed there with the wire and I was like oh <laughs> cool yep <laughs> now I uh, I found the wire I don't know if I found the wire first but I found at one point I found the wire and it was definitely not first because I remember thinking that I was stupid afterward for not putting together that it was above where the truck was. Mm. But I remember finding it and seeing the big shaft above it and being like, I'm going to fall down there later and getting that same like epiphany moment where I was like, oh, okay. And then I use it for this puzzle. Yeah. It makes sense. The only issue I have with it, because it is also one of my favorites for sure, uh, is that it does have a mechanic, which is a temporary inventory item that only gets used twice and i feel like there must have been a better way to do it (laughs) yeah uh but that's like you could have just made the wire an actual inventory yeah and then it goes away well after you've used it yeah like it does for everything else (laughs) yeah like just cut a length of wire it's not like you even have wire cutters you specifically have wire cutters in your inventory So it is just sort of like, why is that not just a thing? Like, why is this a weird? And then the other one was like, you have to lure fireflies onto a floating plank with a cup of coffee, which, first of all, that is sort of cat hair mustache level to to me. But it absolutely is. It's so it's in such a limited area Mm -hmm. that it's not actually that hard to figure out. Yeah, I felt like and they give you clues for it. Yeah, like, it's good. It didn't come up in our bad puzzles <laughs> list. But it is, like, what, like, why are you thinking of coffee and fireflies? Yeah, I guess, like, it does, like, when you examine the flies, it says that they're attracted to something in the machine. Uh, right. So, I mean, like, it, it internally sets it up. <laughs> yeah, with its it own gives logic. it all of the hints that it needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it's just a crazy thing to do. Yeah, you but can't then they make that, that on one. Own. Right. They made that one an, uh, a temporary inventory item. If you're in the cloud of bugs, you can <laughs> use them to make a column of bugs and then put that on the plank. It's very strange. And once again, something that easily could have just been a regular inventory item. Uh, but otherwise, though, uh, good call out. I love that. Yeah, puzzle. Yeah. I think it's great. And then the other one was covering yourself in fish guts with the chemical <laughs> shower. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that one, like I felt like it took just long enough to figure out, and like it ended up making having to go back up three floors, like not feel tedious because I was like, oh, I got to get the fish guts, and then I got to put them <laughs> in the in the detergent thing, and then they use the shower, and then go back down, and you know, like it it just had that like uh, bread bread uh, trail of discovery yeah. going on for it. Yeah, I think that the one thing, uh, because once again, I agree that one's a great puzzle. Most of the puzzles in this game actually are very good. Yeah, yeah, I was surprised. Uh, But I I think that one of the lessons this game could learn, and might have learned, in case the people listening are not aware, there is a second The Fall. I was really surprised. I somehow didn't know that. Like, I got to the end, and it was like, to be continued, and I was like, oh, Uh Is there a The Fall 2? And there is. Yeah, there's a, a The Fall 2, and if you're playing on PC, it's actually on the main menu. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's like one of those things where it's just like, hey, buy our other game. Right. Uh, 
And I, I have a few things that I want to say about the fall two near the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not really the place for it. Uh, but I think that one of the lessons they could have learned here is to just like, I, I wish they would have let the player fail a bit in terms of like, you could have, cause what I did, the reason that I thought about why the fish guts thing came to me so quickly was I was trying every thing that was a liquid in the detergent thing yep. over and over again. And it just kept saying like, uh, this does nothing or whatever their failure message is. Right. And it'd be cool if they could let you like waste the coffee or something and then go get more. Yeah. I agree. Like, I, I, I think it helped though, like reinforce that you had those items in the inventory. Like, cause like, I know like as soon as, cause like, I think the, the slug mother, like the brood slug <laughs> puzzle could have been like, a, like a little obtuse to like figure out. But like the fact that mm-hmm. like you had like the way that, yeah, like it's a small area. You have to like go back to that, uh, break room a couple times. So you like naturally like read, and like kind of retain that information about it. And like you mm-hmm. read the computer monitor about how to mix them. Like I, I feel like that solution immediately came to me, even though it's like kind of complicated. Yeah, that's true. Also, you know that somebody who's, li- who has not played the game and just was going to listen to the episode anyway, <laughs> right. just now heard like, wait, slug mother puzzle <laughs> and was like, I'm going to go play it now. Uh, that sounds great. Yeah. Uh, and also, that's probably one that I would call out. I like the Slug Mother puzzle. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, just It's like a good like set piece for a puzzle, uh, which you don't see a lot. A mm-hmm. lot of times it's like, how am I going to unlock this door? But it's like, now it's like, how am I going to explode an enormous <laughs> alien slug? Like, that's just way cooler than other goals are. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to uh, save Joseph's even if, I, even if I have to explode every slug in the galaxy. <laughs> That's dedication. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to, before, uh, and now that the one guy who wanted the slug mother puzzle is gone, <laughs> I do want to say a few things about the game that I think are more negative. Sure, uh, sure. I hate the way that you move in this game. Yeah. Uh, it is so awkward and not frustrating because there's no re- like there's nothing that you have to do with the movement that would make you frustrated. It just feels very bad and stupid uh, to in the way that you move around. Like when you're examining stuff, there's like a uh, an arc, some degree of space uh, directly in front and behind you that you can't look at because your character will put the gun like away if you look straight down and you can't you just can't examine with it so you have to like awkwardly move around and it's like it's hard to describe exactly what it is like the problem is it's like you don't have fine movement and you can't just turn around you have to start moving in the other direction Mm -hmm. so it like has resulted multiple times in me like running around the same spot for like a few seconds which is longer than i should have to look at one spot on the ground <laughs> uh and, and it made it and it, it does get a little bit frustrating in the final boss uh the combat in the game is not hard uh mm-hmm. it's not like your movement is super important to staying alive but like whenever you are in combat and you have to contend with the fact that the system is just sort of weird uh 
It just makes, it's probably what makes me not like the combat, like we started the episode saying. It's just like, it feels awkward to do. Uh, and like, I love that the game tries to go for the 2D side-scrolling style, because like I said, I, I really like it in adventure games. Uh, but it, I wish they had spent a little bit more time making it feel actually good to play like jumping is ass i don't know why they should they should have just had like a button you press that jumps to a ledge because good god like you just jump at something and just hit into it and fall and then grab it's not like it's bad to play it just looks awkward and like i would be i look at it and i go like you could have done something better i'm sure uh yeah i i feel i didn't think it felt as bad as you did but i don't know if playing with a controller makes a difference like it probably um, does but like i know what you mean like it does feel a little bit awkward or a little bit like digital um it feels yeah like you're moving a character that was uh programmed to move <laughs> around because <laughs> that's what's happening but um right. yeah like, i don't know if it's being too charitable but, like, it, that made me, like, that reinforced the idea that, like, I'm not controlling a guy. I'm controlling uh, an AI puppeting a suit around. Um, right. But I, I don't know. So I don't know if that's, like, at all intentional or not. Uh, I feel like it could go either way. Especially, like, the jump. I agree it is awkward and janky. But it does kind of feel like the AI is just kind of flopping a human body around. <laughs> Like, the way he hangs off the ledge and stuff. Yeah, I, I think technology is the correct answer to this, but I don't think it is making the AI more believable. Because it's like <laughs> a combat suit. Right. Like, I feel like But the AI is not motion. usually piloting it, though. Like, that's not, that's like, what fair. its job is. This is, like, a unique <laughs> circumstance. That is true, yeah. So there is definitely something to that. But I do believe that the technology available to indie developers in 2014 is what is probably most to blame. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't... I, I think this was made in Unity. Um, but yeah, like, I... I um, yeah, it does kind of feel like... Uh, like, I know, like, Game Maker games are, like, hard to get, like like, smoother movement out of. So it might be, I don't know, something like that. Yeah. Once again, the the age of this game is definitely showing in that, uh, and probably is is sort of reflective of why it is that like it struck me, uh, and it only like really comes up in a couple places. Unfortunately, one of them's very early on. Uh, another one of my favorite puzzles in the game, uh, and not because it is particularly clever or complicated. I just like the fact that in order to get below the thing, mm. you have to jump off the elevator. Yeah. Um, Basically, this is the Dark Souls of adventure games. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think and, and this was the... I don't know. <laughs> it almost feels like it should have, like, a tropes page. Um, <laughs> because, like, I think this was my first instance of having to do this kind of puzzle. Because I think it is, like, a kind of puzzle in games. Start the <laughs> elevator, then get off of it and see what's underneath. Because uh, right, it, it yeah. took me forever to think to do that. Because this was the first time I ever came across that sort of thing. Yeah, and I know that in in Dark Souls has prepared me to leap off yep. any elevator. Yeah, and now it's like stage. I'm too hyper aware of it. Uh huh. <laughs> but unfortunately, after you go down there, you have to climb back up, mm -hmm. which requires you to jump a few times and awkwardly mash your body into ledges. 
Uh, which is just, I don't know. It's not like, like I said, it's not frustrating. It's not really like an unpleasant play experience. It just like looks awkward and bad. <laughs> and it, I don't know. It just kind of like stood out. Uh, uh, so I wanted to bring up the fact that you have this ability called the network uh, that you use like twice ever. Yep. Uh, like, there's a couple of things, uh, I'll scan my notes in a second to find the other one, but, like, I felt like, uh, that, like, could, like, felt like they were just, like, left on the table and, like, weren't really fleshed out. Like, because, like, at the end, early on, I was trying to, like, network with everything. I was like, there's all these robots and, like, computers and stuff. Like, it, it seems like a thing, like, once I first got it, that would be, like, really useful and would be a uh-huh. thing I'd be doing a lot, but then you never really do. Yeah, it, it's it's like a whole thing, and there's like a slow motion tutorial section when you first get it, uh, and it I, I did like I don't know if it, they were trying to trick you, but like after you use it the first couple of times that you have to use it, uh, I just like I would try it on things, and then when it continually failed over and over and over again <laughs> hundreds of objects <laughs> unable to be networked with uh i just stopped trying it. yeah and so and then the when it finally the third and final time that you have to use the the ability it did actually make me have to think like oh right i have other tools at my disposal yeah <laughs> but yeah it could have just been the interact button they just had to gate they would have had to have gated the gun thing mm-hmm. in some other way that's the only change <laughs> that would have had to have been made yeah i mean i feel like just like anything like like computerized at all should be able to be networked with yeah even if you're not able to do it but make you make you have to network with the coffee machine to make it spurt out some yeah. of that good bean juice <laughs> like where anything at all really yeah uh, the other thing is actually much different and less related than I thought, but um, <laughs> I feel like when like it could have could have been cool if it was like uh, developed a little bit more. I just I thought that the whole like s- ecosystem that they had it's it's I don't want to overstate it. It's pretty simple. The fact that like the <sighs> slugs interacted with the fungus and like made like an acid was right. a really cool concept. I feel like you could have been used in like a couple more puzzles. Cause like it was like it was such a cool thing that stands out, and they have like the good use of uh, like color, where like the fungus is red and the slugs are green, are opposite right. colors. Like I, I felt like once that concept was introduced, like it felt like really cool and was like in the front of my head. I was like always thinking about it, so I, I just feel like they could have taken more advantage of it. Yeah, I and I agree. I think uh, particularly with the way that like they use it to signal the solutions to a few puzzles is by putting in these documents and stuff and notes that talk about them. Like uh, the fungus aren't harmful to human beings. Uh, They have a pheromone or whatever that will repel the slugs, which are the things that cause them to become dangerous Uh, or the pheromones are the things that are dangerous, whatever it is. Yeah. The pheromones Uh, attract the slugs and is what causes the acid to be created, but they are afraid the slugs are repelled by light. So like all right. of the uh, like this uh, like documents are like it's not a big deal like it's a facility with lights like the slugs won't come in here it's not a big deal 
Yeah, and then obviously because the the whole facility is in disrepair, uh, the the slugs are there. And what's cool to me is not necessarily. I mean, I do like the way that it interacts with the puzzle system, but it shows that the the writers of this game had like a genuine world building idea like a thing there's there are a lot of rules and these like little interactions set up and it makes it all makes the the game world actually very compelling mm-hmm. uh I, I was i was the thing that i'm most impressed with this with this game more than anything else is its writing i think that they do a surprisingly good job and from the very beginning, and maybe this leads into why I think it is as good as it is, mm-hmm. I really thought that the writing was going to be stupid and terrible. <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like I've seen this like genre game set up so many times where the their whole idea behind the game was going to be like some mechanical interaction or like something and that was going to be the selling point but it isn't like it is just like a basic adventure game but then they actually tell like a very good story with great characters uh or mostly great characters uh and and like a world that has rules and makes sense like i I was really impressed by it yeah i feel like it hits a real sweet spot because like it it tells like an interesting story but it's like not too complex or like high concept like i would call it like a popcorn game like like i feel like because i feel like the scale and scope are just right too like there's like I feel like a a lot of games that want to have this kind of like environmental storytelling and have like all these logs lying around for you to read tend mm-hmm. to have a bit too many of them and it gets a little fatiguing to read them all. But like this game had like just the right amount, like they weren't ever too long, like I'm reading and actually like retaining everything I read <laughs> and like it it plays into the puzzles. Like I once when this game's like you're like in the middle of it, like you know, uh in the thick of playing it it just like it feels like such a like tight like uh like experience like the, the, a smooth one like you don't right. really hit hiccups that much I, I i was really impressed by that as well and yeah like the writing i think really contributes to that yeah i think like the the logs like this is 2014 like keep that in mind like bioshock is was less than 10 years old at that point and uh and and like that is the game that popularized leaving logs all over the place (laughs) uh i mean it's not like the first one that did it obviously but like it was it was in vogue yeah post bioshock it's the modern touchstone yeah and so and this game knew like where to cut it back like and the logs are all written like all the the logs written by human beings are written in dot like in dialogue like it is people who are speaking like human beings speak and not like ridiculously over corporatized looking at you outlast uh maybe <laughs> literally the most boring logs i've ever read in my life or just like all these fucking emails uh and it, I don't know. It was just I was so surprised by it because my expectation was so the opposite. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I think honestly the only thing that I found to be like not super good was the occasional dialogue between uh, your Arid, the, the your protagonist character, mm-hmm. and uh, the 
not the caretaker, but the the mainframe AI, the system administrator. Yeah, the system administrator. Yeah, that uh, they had great moments, but there were a few places where they were just like talking about some technical detail, and I feel like the point of the conversation was to be like, "This is two robots interacting," but then the AI will break from that to speak in his natural dialogue because that's what, that's like the thing about his character, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is a good contrast, but it made the parts where they were speaking, like when they were just exchanging data, very difficult to follow in a way that was like engaging and good, Mm. but almost literally every other piece of dialogue in the game is like, feels very appropriate. Yeah. I really liked the caretaker. I really liked uh, the AI conversations outside of those moments it's just real good stuff yeah i i think i just like the concept of the system administrator so much that like i didn't care like i i think like, the, <laughs> the idea of like he's like he, he always starts out his responses with the pre-programmed like whatever uh dialogue he's supposed to say and then he breaks out of it and goes because he's mm-hmm. like an ai that's like learned human speech so like I, I love that way of representing it where he like starts out and then he has to break out of it every time. Like it takes effort for him to do it. I right. I, I think that's just such a cool idea that like I, that just really worked for me. Yeah. And he gives like an explanation, like why he did it. Mm-hmm. And, and like saying like you see. And this is, I don't know, like, I i feel like I'm just explaining, like, what makes writing good, <laughs> uh, which is always an awkward thing, but I, this is video games from 2014. Uh, like, he says that it took him a while, but he figured out how to, like, mimic the speech patterns of a human being. But you don't, it, he doesn't say, like, oh, it took me 200 years to right. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know that it took a long time because you see the state of the facility. Right. Like, it's destroyed. The humans that you see are, like, desiccated and rotting. Like, you know it's been a really long time. And so it lends this impact when he gets, uh, like, reformatted yeah. near the end of the game. It's really like, effective. Yeah. Like, when a fucking robot loses its memory... I don't it's rare that that's going to make you feel anything. Mm-hmm. And but because the game does such a good job of setting the characters up like that, well, it absolutely does. Yeah, and it also makes you shut down all the robots on the way down. And mm-hmm. like that I think that makes like greatens the impact as well because you're like when uh the caretaker shows up to like reset him or reformat him or whatever you're like trying to move the sticks to like break out of the (laughs) chamber to like stop him and you're like well i just like killed like 300 robots on my way down here like it Uh you know like i I already was thinking about like the the ethics of that or like the moral implications but then that just made me like feel like a dick (laughs) right yeah (laughs) really drove it it also gives you that it gives you that like exactly and it gives you that isolation like you are now like the last non-hostile thing on the planet as far as you know it's like you and the person who is inside of your body are the only things that you can care about uh and then yeah i also uh, one one little thing to squeak in here before that yeah uh what i think you were gonna say but um i like a lot that like there are a few dialogue options 
where the option to lie is there, but it's grayed out. Yes. Like, I think I love that. Like, like, I think that's a cool idea that the game doesn't do a ton with. But like the uh, the fact that like your your abilities are all there, but they're all like locked to you and you have to like find ways to unlock them. And the fact that like the AI can't lie, like there's like those rules of robotics in right. there that like I, I they don't do a ton with that but like i love the the implementation and like the way that they appear in the game uh, i think it's really yeah. cool yeah and i i love the fact that the uh the menu that you access to when you get to unlock your powers like basically the game has a it's not a system it's just story events like whenever you are being threatened based on like apparently you being shot by a bunch of dudes <laughs> is not threatening, but if you're going to get shot by a mounted gun, <laughs> then it is threatening. Uh, then you get to go into the menu and unlock it. But the menu you go into is just literally the main menu. Yeah. Like they built it into the game where the, the menu that goes, this is how I reactivate my camouflage is like uh, one down from the load game button. Yeah. It's like her <laughs> like, operating system. Yeah, it's great. And I, they did they do a similar thing in in Nier Automata, like the the menus are built together where there's like not the separation between the in-game menu and inventory and the like out of meta textual menu that is supposed to be separate that operates on your computer, right? Like mm -hmm. they are one and the same and it drives home the sort of like robotic uh AI parts of the story. Um so yeah, I think that's a great call out uh, and one that I would have forgotten about. Yeah. Uh, also has just like 10 different systems and you only ever get to activate like four. Yeah. Uh, which is good unless it is literally just there to set up for the sequel, in which case maybe it is still good because then it gets <laughs> out of the Metroid problem where you're like, you, you know, have super same, jump out yeah, of somewhere the and same then abilities. lose it immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, then it turns out that there ain't nobody uh, in your in your suit at all, uh, which it, it recontextualizes some things. Mm -hmm. But I also think mostly sets up for the sequel. Yeah, yeah. No, I I I, I really like it though because like it doesn't feel like it's just sequel bait. Like I, I feel mm -hmm. like that was obviously the the intent from the beginning. Um, but yeah, I I didn't see it coming. Uh, like. You know, I, I always have those like uh, impulses of like, like a like the uh, the system administrator. I was so ready for him to end up being the villain. <laughs> you know, like the classic like don't trust the person who's immediately friendly to you at the beginning right. early in the game. You know, but that didn't turn out to be the case. Um, and uh, the the caretaker didn't end up being like uh, I don't. You know, there was no twist with him either. You know, like it, I I my was thrown completely off the scent <laughs> right. of like, there just being nobody in the suit. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't necessarily know that I thought about it beforehand, but it was a very cool moment going in and, and having the reveal be her taking the helmet off. Yeah. Cause like, there's lots of other things. It's one of those things where it's like, like well, yeah, the shouldn't the AI be aware of this in the first place? Yeah. Like the scan that yeah. like the medical scan. I thought that was such a cool moment. Uh, cause like, I think I just believed it right away, but you do have that moment of doubt 
Uh, right. You're like, oh, is there somebody in there? Is, are they just dead? Uh, turns out there's no one in. Like, it really intrigues me, though. It makes me want to play the sequel. Because, um, like, it, it, it makes me think... It immediately makes me think of things like Signalis. Or, like, right. like, like uh, is she stuck in some kind of, like, simulation? Or, like, some kind of time loop? Or, like... Or, like, otherwise, why did she end up that yeah, way like, or, or not... Yeah, or was she set up to, like, was there some other purpose that she was sent here for? Like, it, it, your mind does the kind of race with, like, what's going on. Yeah. Uh, which is great. That's just good hook writing. Yeah. I, I was I was intrigued uh, for, uh, for the sequel as well, which I guess we could uh, talk about someday. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll put it on the mystery mail list or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess, do we have fall thoughts? <laughs> My fall thoughts are, uh, yeah, I thought this game was a pleasant surprise. Um, I You gave me a download code for this because you had two of them, like, way back <laughs> in 2014, I think, like, when it came yeah. out. Uh, and the, the actual origin story for yeah, anybody okay. interested yeah. is it came from a humble bundle that was specifically for Nintendo Wii U right. indie game downloads, which I which must have been the only time that that was an <laughs> offer that happened. Yeah. So, yeah, I played it on the Wii U because I had one at the time and you didn't. Uh, so right. that's why you gave me the download code. But, uh, yeah, and I, I got like a little ways into it, then got stuck on something and then like went on to play something else. Like it's just one of those games that fell through the cracks. Um, right. But yeah, I always like would think about it every now and then and like want to go back and play it and like, am glad to have finally done so. Um, Cause yeah, like I, I think there's a lot of great qualities to it. Like I, I do think it's got like for the most part with only like two or so speed bumps, I think like a great difficulty curve for the puzzles uh, like I, I really got into like a flow with it in like this particularly like the last chunk of the game. Um, yeah, it, it was just like and like the writing is really great. Like I felt like uh, the pacing and the scope and the world building were all really good. It, just, it feels like a really inspired game um, that like given like the like the context of it, like the size of the team, like the probably like the budget they had, like when it came out. I feel like I really don't have a lot to complain about. Uh, like I, right. I, I thought this was pretty good, and it's like a nice, brisk, short game. Um, yeah, there's like a little bit of jank to it, um, like in the controls, as you mentioned. But like outside of that, like in like the two moon logic puzzles, like I, I thought this was like a, like a great little hidden gem. Uh yeah, I I mostly agree with that. I there were parts of this game that I didn't really click with in terms of uh just like my enjoyment while playing them was not super high. Um but otherwise like everything about the game is very cool. Um and I really like the setup. The 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 main thing for me is just like the combat system why the combat mm. system <laughs> that's pretty much it uh it feels like such a a tacked on uh sort of non-experience that it, it does make me question sort of the decision to keep it in uh but that's really the the main complaint that i have like minor gripes about movement but uh and, and the combat system but it, really like this game's writing is 
so impressive, not necessarily in terms of like it's going to really knock your socks off, but like it is genuinely very good uh, in a, a genre that is very often done in a basic and uninteresting way. Uh, it, it stands out massively. Like it, it, it really understands like the concepts, like how we treat AI and and that kind of thing. It honestly feels kind of ahead of its time. Not that far ahead of its time, because obviously Isaac Asimov is writing about this shit in the '60s or whatever that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are we are now in an era where this is like a a, a question that is being asked very seriously. And the fact that this game tackles it in such an interesting way and while building uh, characters that actually are sympathetic, uh, like if you would, with without the writing, like with, if the writing was just bland or like non-important, I, and you put this like, should I play this game? I would probably have brought up Gemini Rue and said like, Gemini Rue is a game that makes its combat feel a lot better, but it's a similar style of adventure game uh in a similar setting it's more cyberpunk than this game is but like that's like to me it was like that that just seems like the clearly better option but you incorporate the writing and the fact that this game is very short uh and it's like i would almost say play this i haven't played the fall too i would almost say you should play the fall so that you can play the fall too Because I want to know where the story is going uh, and am intrigued to actually try it out at some point. So uh, this game works on several levels. Like, I think it's it's good writing. It has very good puzzle design uh, for the most part. And it's an incredible demo for another game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, like, it, it succeeds on most levels. So I, I can't say anything specifically uh too too bad about it so i i would give this like a i i do think it's just a good it's a good old adventure game particularly if you're not somebody who plays a bunch of the old adventure games with their garbage that they make you do so thank you for listening to no clip pocket this week what are we talking about next time uh, ho 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 dear reader uh next time we're gonna be <laughs> we're gonna be talking about cthulhu saves christmas <laughs> our, uh, our first actual christmas game yeah i mean obviously they'll be in the spirit after listening to our episode on trapped <laughs> uh it's the season it is it is the season. I would say our first actual Christmas game was Snowboard Kids 2. It does have a Christmas level. Yeah, which I, honestly is better than anything <laughs> else that we could argue for. Uh, so yeah, that we're doing an actual Christmas game to sort of close out the year. Um, I will say, as a gift to us, if you'd like to give us a, a nice gift... Uh, you should go to any of the channels that I'm about to describe uh, where you can communicate with us and give us some suggestions for our upcoming fan brewery month where you pick the games and then we pick the games from the games that you picked. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's kind of a comment. Not a, I'll work on the slogan. Yeah. Never too early to start thinking about your fan brewery suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> exactly get them in soon so that we can add you to a big spreadsheet and then agonize over it for a month uh but until that time 
uh, you can get a hold of us and send your February suggestions uh, on our website at noclippodcast.com or on splattershot.pro. There you can find links to our email address, the Discord server, uh, our YouTube channel, our Twitter account. All of these have comments and messaging capability. Uh, and on the website and on YouTube, you can find all of our old episodes, uh, including the ones that we did on Gemini Rue or on Grim Fandango or The Cat Lady. <laughs> Uh, detention detective pikachu yeah <laughs> uh, i don't know if that one is quite the same but yeah shine a flashlight on the like button uh upgrade to the semi-automatic pistol and shoot that bell and camouflage in the comment section so that you won't catch any strays Welcome to the spin-off podcast of the spin-off podcast for whom the bell tolls heavy weighs the crown, uh, where we talk about defunct Burger King anyway. <laughs> <laughs>